Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. All right. Good morning. Welcome all of you watching online. If you would stand with me, hold your Bibles up high. <laughs> A little slow today, aren't we? All right, that's no, okay. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, today we begin a new series entitled Thankful 30. Thankful 30. Uh, Not just, I remember when I was 30, now that I think about it. Anyway, uh, it's obviously the month of Thanksgiving, the month we celebrate Thanksgiving Day and Every year, I think it's uh, one of those months that you you know the, the the that particular day demands some kind of response. And uh, as much as I love that day for numerous reasons, it has uh, served to, uh, in some way, uh, not make us better, but it's it's kind of made us so. Well, you know, I, I'm going to be thankful on that day when, in my opinion. Gratitude and thanksgiving is a lifestyle. It's not a day. Now, it's a day set apart or set aside for that purpose. But giving thanks should be something that we do every day, throughout every day. And so the reason for this is because I want us to get it in our heads and our hearts long before Thanksgiving Day that we should always be thankful and that we should always be thinking about not just a moment in time, uh, or a a day, or you know, even a week where we celebrate. But our lives are called to be a celebration of victory of what Jesus has done for us in our lives. And uh, I guess in a world that wants a quick fix, you know, I I'm going to get in trouble today. I'll go ahead and just tell you ahead of time that any email you might send will be a waste of your time. Uh, just just because. <laughs> I, I, I hear people all the time say, you know, New Year's coming or whatever, and, and, and the New Year is always funny to me. Everybody, you know, makes New Year's resolutions, and, and the majority of those resolutions are I'm going to lose weight or whatever. And, and there are all these new diets, and they're really not new. They just give them different names. Just telling you, they've been around for like decades, but, you know, they name them something different. It's cool, you know, and this new uh, ketosis or keto uh, diet, you know, I, I, I've read about it. And if you're on it, stop. It's worse for you than Red Bull. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm not opposed, but here's what happens is if, if you say I'm going on a diet, what you're telling me is I'm going to take a season and I'm going to drop 50 pounds. Well, after you're done with that season, you're going to gain 60. Uh, you know, it's, can I tell you all the best diet in the world is this, eat a certain amount of calories, work out and work those calories off and everything will be fine. And then you can eat whatever you want. You just can't eat all the time. Okay, so anyway, that's just my soapbox today. So in other words, what I'm saying is don't just be thankful some of the time. 
you know, I'm going to start being a grateful person. I, I'm going I'm to take a month. Well, we are going to take 30 days, but the hope is that this person, and I don't want a show of hands or necessarily a response, often do I communicate gratitude? How often am I truly thankful? How often do I let others know that I am thankful? You say, well, you know, I, I, I have a grateful heart. You know, a grateful heart is wonderful, but other people need to hear words. And people that you love, people you care about, people you're grateful for, they need to hear it regularly. We all do. And being appreciative crushes the pride in us. Being grateful out loud takes care of the pride that's being lived out in our lives. Because what it says is, you know, without you, I wouldn't be the person I am, or without you, I couldn't do the things that I do. And I do want to take this moment to, to say thank you to all of you who made the Fall Festival a success beyond our imagination. Last Sunday night, nearly 1,500 people showed up to the Fall Festival, and that's because of people like you that said, we want to reach our community. Thank you so much. My wonderful wife, Susan, did such an incredible job spearheading it. When I tell her, thank you, honey, you did a great job, she said, there's so many people. It wasn't me. It was everybody. And she's right, but I have to give her thanks because it was her brainchild. And when she said she wanted to do it, I was like, good luck. You know, that's a lot of work. And it was a lot of work, and all of you stepped up, and I'm so very, very grateful. Uh, oftentimes in our lives, our, our gratitude is connected to our well-being. It's connected to something good that's happened in our lives. Our thanksgiving, our gratitude is connected to, to something uh, that, that happened in a moment that we, we were grateful for. But, but that is circumstantial thanksgiving or circumstantial gratitude, when in reality, we need to possess grateful hearts even in the midst of the worst of times. And we can always find something to be thankful for in the midst of our crisis. This last week, for instance, uh, Susan had surgery in January. The surgery didn't quite work the way they had expected. So last Tuesday, surgery was rescheduled for her, so, and it was the day of her surgery. So I try not to say anything because I knew that she really didn't want to have to have the surgery again, and if there would be any possibility that she didn't have to, i.e. Mark is sick, my husband can't bring me in and bring me home. So I thought, well, I, I, we need to get this over with. It's not going to get better. And so I didn't say anything, so really, so we went to the hospital. We were there all day until about 2 in the afternoon, and we came home, and I really was not well at all. And, and so here she is, barely walk, and, and I'm sick, and and so I'm trying to take care of her and be the husband I need to be. And, and uh, so we were both, it was like dumb and dumber, twiddle-dee, twiddle-dumb. I mean, we were a pathetic couple on Tuesday. It was, I mean, it was so bad, it was almost laughable, you know. And so I'm, I am taking, get her in bed, put her in the bed, and I am just getting worse. And I never, you'll never hear this in most churches, but I, I say the word throw up and vomit because it is in the Bible. Uh, it is in Revelation. God said, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. You know, anyway, so. So I was trying to get well. It was cold. I was chilling, and I said, take a hot bath. I get out of the tub. I go, and I fall at the end of our bed. It looked like I was worshiping. And 
You know, I think she thought I was being holy and praying for her when in reality I was throwing up at the end of the bed. When she found out I was throwing up, she was well enough to say, go, go in the bathroom. (laughs) Every woman got that out now. (laughs) And so, so I wobble into the bathroom. About the time I get over the bathtub, I literally faint, pass out, fall head first into the tub. But it's porcelain. You slide well. And, um, (laughs) So I fainted, so I wake up, and, she, and she's looking down at me, and here she is like this, and I'm you know. I'm going to make a point in a minute, but I wanted to dramatize it for you so that you could have the full impact. And so she's standing there, and, and so she just turned the water on, walked out, and when she was done, I said, bring me towels. I'm sleeping in here, and I did. Because I thought, she can't help me out of here. And it's a deep tub. It's one of those deep tubs. You know, it's like, and so, anyway, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to do this series on, on Thanksgiving. And I'm thinking, why would I be thankful for any of this? You know, and, and, and I realized in that moment that in every crisis that we encounter and every difficulty that, that confronts us, we have two choices. We can either be hateful or we can be grateful. And even in that moment, I thought, you know, in this, God didn't cause it, but in this, I can learn something. And she said, I I really wanted to take a picture of you so we could laugh about it later. And I'm thinking, this coming from a woman who can hardly walk. You know, and so I said, I really wish you had him because I'm about to laugh right now because this is not happening. You know, and and so, but in the midst of it, I thought, God, you know, uh, a lot of things happen in our lives that are, uh, that are difficult and challenging. And, and uh, in those times, we often have a tendency to uh, shift into survival mode and, and, and we often get frustrated or angry and God, why this? And God, why did you let that happen? And why is this happening? And we ask all the questions that that man will ask and that, that we naturally will ask. But the reality is in the midst of all things, if I look back at the Bible and I read the Gospels and I see Jesus being falsely accused, lied about, criticized, ultimately being crucified, and, and in the midst of all of that, I don't hear Jesus say one thing of why and, you know, I can't believe this is happening. I didn't do anything wrong. And, and uh, he just looks down from his cross and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. things of the Bible. And, uh, and I, I don't ever want to overlook those things. When Jesus is there in his greatest crisis, it's as though he's giving thanks to God because he's going, I've completed my task. I, I've been falsely accused. I'm wrongly being crucified. I was greatly and grossly misunderstood. I was judged and all of those things. And we see the life of Jesus, not the diet of Jesus, not the moment of Jesus, but Jesus living his life in front of us in a way that says, this is how I want you to live your life. And in this world, there are mean people. And when you say that and you are mean back to them, you're no better than the mean person. And there are mean people. And you say, I don't understand why I have to deal with them or why they're in my life. Sometimes the worst people that you will encounter will make you the best person you could ever hope to be. Because they will reveal to you who you really are. And, and you will in that moment have the opportunity to say, 
I don't want to be the person that I feel like I want right now what I want to do. I want to be the person that when you look at me and you criticize me and you're mean to me, I want to be thankful that in that moment, God is giving me the opportunity to grow and do something that my flesh doesn't want to do, but I know I need to do. And so this whole month is going to be a time of setting the course, not uh, uh, just a month in time, but to hopefully create a lifestyle for all of us to be grateful people, to find something we can be thankful for in the midst of our crises and our difficulties. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, if you will. And as you're turning there, uh, thankful people are, are not easily offended people. People who are thankful are not always walking around thinking that everybody's comment and everybody's decision and everybody's behavior is a result of you being present or you being uh, their target. You are not their target. You are the target of hell itself. That sometimes people find themselves doing things they don't want to do, but it's not because of you. You just happen to be in the line of fire. But the Bible says, great peace have those who love the law of God. Nothing shall offend them. So in our lives, we have to realize that if we give someone the power to hurt us, the power to change a response, uh, the power to make us feel a certain way that we don't want to feel, we have given them a position of authority in our lives that belongs to God and God himself, me. I can look at it and I can take it personally. I can be offended by their choices and their opinions and their decisions. Or I can choose to be grateful that my God is in charge and that whatever happens to me, it's not because they have the authority, but because maybe God is allowing that in my life. God's not causing it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that things will happen to you and things will happen around you and because of you that if you're not careful, you'll take it personal instead of saying, God, I know in this difficult season, in this difficult time, whatever's going on in my life, as much as my flesh wants to react to this, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to be thankful at the end of this, I'm going to be a different person. The Bible calls us to go from one place of glory to another. We're called to grow. We're not called to be stagnant. We're not called to be the same today as we were yesterday. We're called to be better. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. So when you've been wronged, you have a choice. Am I going to get back at them? Am I going to prove them wrong? Or am I going to let God have his way in this situation? But always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. So as he's writing this to Thessalonica, he's saying, I don't want you just to be nice or kind to each other. I want you to be kind to everyone else. Be joyful always. So in the midst of you being kind and not paying back wrong for wrong, I also want you to be happy about it. How many of you ever had somebody be nice and go, I hate it, but I'm going to be nice. <laughs> okay. You know, it's not that. He's saying be joyful in the midst of when you're wronged. Don't return evil for evil. Don't pay back wrong with wrong. And while you're at it, being kind to everyone, most people will do that. But he said, there's something to be said for people who love people who are mean. And he said, while you're doing it, be joyful. Pray continually because you'll have to. 
get this, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, but in, do not put circumstances, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. If you're not kind, if you're not polite, if you're not loving, if you're not thankful, it puts out that fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. So in the midst of life, we have opportunities, if you will, which some people would call them problems. But if you can begin to think about the challenges that you possess in life as not problems, but as opportunities, there's a reason for what you're going through. Doesn't mean God did it. We live in a fallen world. But the reality is, whatever it is you're going through, if you can go through it in Christ-like fashion, you can go through it operating and functioning by the principles of God's word, you will get on the other side of it and you will be glad that you went through it instead of around it. That you will become the person refined in fire, if you will, scooping off all of the residue in your life that has prevented you from being joyful. How many of you have ever said stuff you wish you hadn't said? I'm not even going to look up because the one's holding you down. Now, I haven't said a thing. <laughs> then your issue may not be words, but it's sure pride. We've all said stuff. Man, I wish I could get that back. I wish I hadn't said that. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about. When you get grateful, when you get thankful, you will be less likely to say the things you wish you hadn't said because you can look and say, you know what? I am so thankful that that idiot pulled out in front of me. Maybe don't use the word idiot. Uh, but you can look and say, I know that God is allowing me to grow in the area of patience. Some of y'all, I'm not any of you, so the people watching online. Uh, but the reality is that every day we are given the opportunity to become a better person. Thanksgiving, gratitude, being grateful will always help us become a better person. When you respond to people the way they've treated you, you are no better than how they've treated you. When someone is mean to you and you write them off, you're as bad off as they are. And you will be as miserable as they might be. Or they may just be being used to help you grow in your life. Isn't it funny how God will allow things to happen, not because he wants to punish us, but because he wants to make us better. He wants us to enjoy life. He doesn't want anybody or anything to be able to control the joy that he has released to us and has available for us. And so one person says, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. In other words, if you are truly thankful, some people say, well, I have a, I have a grateful heart. You know what? If you have a grateful heart, you need to have a grateful mouth. If you are grateful for someone or grateful for them or to them, you need to tell them, I'm thankful for you. I thank God for you. I appreciate you to be grateful people. Something happens inside us when we start showing and communicating appreciation. You will become a changed person. You say, well, you know, I'm just not that kind of person. I, I just don't share my feelings. I just don't share my emotions. Let me say this to you. 
You are robbing yourself and robbing others of a blessing by not communicating appreciation. Something happens inside us. When the Bible tells us to be grateful and to be thankful, it's for a greater reason than just telling someone else. It kills the pride in you. It destroys the self-sufficiency and, and the island mentality. The Bible says two are better than one, for they have a greater return. For their wheels, a strand of three cords is not easily broken. What binds us together is not just our skill set and our passions that are similar, but our gratitude for one another and our thanksgiving for what God has allowed us to get through and get on the other side of. Thank God in your life, even for unanswered prayers. I love that Garth Brooks song. Some of y'all prayed so hard for things and you're mad at God and you can't understand. Say, God, thank you for not answering my prayers. Otherwise, I'd be married to that person right now. Thank you, Jesus. That's what Garth was talking about in the song. I'm not referring to any individual. Some of you will write the rest of the script for me. I get it. If you suffer, thank God, it's a sure sign that you're still alive. You know, God, I'm still feeling that. I had to thank God Tuesday, you know. <laughs> so I wasn't sure I was alive for about five minutes. <laughs> but here's, here's what we deal with. There are three natures that I'm going to address and hopefully, hopefully help us get to the place of being authentically thankful, not cerebrally, uh, intellectually uh, thankful, but authentically from the bottom of our hearts grateful that you're not having to think about it you see when when somebody starts a lifestyle change they begin learning that change and it gets in them to the point where they don't even have to think anymore they don't have a recipe they don't have to look they don't have to because it's in them they know their body feels it this is how I want to live my life and and what happens spiritually is similar to what happens physically if we're not careful we know the right things to do up here but it's not in here in other words a lot of people have experienced in their life behavior modification, but not heart transformation. In other words, I want to behave in a certain way so that I don't get in trouble. When I was younger, I, I didn't understand. When I was a kid, we didn't have school zones. It really made school zones fun because we dodged traffic. You remember, some of you are old enough to remember what was a school zone. It didn't matter how fast you were going. They looked at the kids and said, look both ways. That was, that was it, you know. You were on your own as a kid, man. And nowadays, they got, you got all these laws. They got flashing lights. They got police. I mean, they got it so slow. You know, there was a time when I didn't have kids that going through a school zone, I was like, God, oh, 25, this is so slow. And, and, you know, and then you did it because you knew the reason you did it was because you didn't want to get a ticket. But when you had kids, that reason and purpose changed that now you cared about the person, not the ticket. So when you go through a school zone, and let me tell you, you go through a school zone, you pass me going 30, I may be on your tail say, slow down. It really irritates because I have now, it's a heart transformation realizing that some person might get injured or hurt as a result of our rushed, hurried life. So now I'm not worried. I don't ever think about getting a ticket in a school zone. That's not my thought anymore. Why? Now, before I had modified my behavior to avoid or prevent getting in trouble, now I have a heart transformation realizing these are lives and they're important people. You see what I'm saying? So whenever we start uh, giving thanks just because we were told by our parents, you need to say thank you. You need to say thank you. And kids grow up going, I don't want to say thank you anymore. I'm saying thank you my whole life. 
It never got in their heart. I want to get this in our hearts today to where we are grateful people. So there are three natures. There's a sin nature, there's human nature, and there's a God nature. And all three of these operate in our lives at some level to some point. Now, most of us want God to deliver us. And the charismatic movement was a great movement. But once the charismatic movement began, if you don't know what that is, it was just this movement of believing that God was very engaged and involved in everyday life. And his spirit was here. And it is. He is here. But the reality is we were wanting God to do everything for us. And our sin nature is real in all of us. You had nothing to do with it. You were born with it. I guess you can go back and maybe when we get to heaven, we can talk to Uncle Adam and Aunt Eve. We are relatives, you know, distant relatives. But when they chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God said not eat from, it corrupted all mankind. Our DNA is now possessed or with, with this sin nature. We're born with it. It's called the original sin. And when Jesus came to earth to die on the cross, he came to die for the sin that was innate in all of us. Some people think it was simply behavior, and some people still today believe they're going to go to heaven uh, based on how good they are or how bad they are, how much they sin or how much they don't sin, and you believe that's the reason you're going to... Listen, you're going to see people in heaven that you're going to shake your head and fall. You've judged them like every fair I can't believe they did all this and they're up here. Good luck with that conversation in front of God. Because there will be old biddies up in heaven going, I can't believe you let them in. I watched them come into the church drunk. I played the organ every week and I watched them faint on the back row. I hope I'm near God when he says, depart from me. There will always be those people that don't understand that when you receive Christ, you are then delivered from your sin and you had nothing to do with it except admit that you were a sinner. That's it. That's all you have. You can have no pride because you did nothing but go, I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. And Jesus goes, done. Boom. Bow. So God himself addresses your sin nature. It's called salvation. It's by grace through faith. None of us can boast because we had nothing to do with it except acknowledge we were that person. Get it? So now I'm grateful to God. So God does that for us. That's called salvation, that we are saved by him. That's why we're grateful. Now, here's the next challenge. We have a human nature. <laughs> and the human nature is what's left with us. It's called our self-will. God will never... You say, why doesn't God deliver me from that? Because he can't, because he gave it to you. He said, I want you to choose. So the sin nature God does for us, which is salvation, the human nature then begins the season or process of sanctification, which is the walk of learning and growing and becoming more and more like Jesus, not so we get to go to heaven, but because we've been introduced to heaven. And now we see the beauty of it, and we say, I want my human, my flesh, and my human nature. And God says, i tell you what I'll do. I'll walk with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I will not deliver you from your will. That's the reason Paul said, I crucify my flesh. I die every day is because he knew that he, by the very cross of Christ, I just don't want to go to hell. 
And what you're missing is you're not missing heaven, you're missing heaven on earth. You're missing the opportunity to experience life in a new way. Where you're no longer controlled by the things that the sin nature uh, once uh, uh, empowered you, if you will, in a negative way to be the person that you were. And now you're born again and now you have access to the power of God, the presence of God and all that heaven holds. And the reason we're miserable is because we're new people operating in the old way. They're not compatible. You're you're a new man. The old man is dead and the new man has come and the new creature, you're a new creation in Christ. And now we wonder why when we get saved that we're often more miserable than when we weren't. It's because your body, your human nature was in agreement with your sin nature and you gave full vent to sin. Once you get saved, something happens in here And there now is a conflict, and if I don't learn how to address that conflict by apprehending my human nature, then I will live my whole life in conflict. That's the reason many people get saved, they get happy, they come to church, they lift their hands, and then all of a sudden, uh, the the religious people start telling them, you need to cut your hair, you need to quit doing this, you need to quit wearing that. And now all of a sudden, we rather than helping them and loving them and showing them Christ and being grateful that they're saved... We create a greater conflict because they say, I, I, I'll try, but they're not there yet. We're all at different places in this journey called faith. And that if we will just love people and be grateful for where they are, they'll change. But you can't make somebody change. The only person that can change you is you. And therefore, the only person that can change somebody else is that other person. What would happen If you just started being grateful for the person, you don't have to be grateful for dumb behavior. You don't have to be grateful for unkind words, but we need to be grateful for people. I'm so thankful for you in my life. And you don't have to tell them you're making me a better person because you're such an idiot. (laughs) And, And you're giving me the privilege of growing while you're just being really dumb. You don't say those words, but in your heart, you're going, I'm so thankful for you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be exercising patience right now. I would knock you into next month. But I'm learning that that's not the way this works. So let me just be thankful for you because I'm growing in patience. Like you, you will be the most boring people in the world. Look, we're all going to heaven and they're not. Well, just start your own little pitiful small group. Sometimes the greatest people in your life are the people that just irritate you. You know, you need to be thankful for irritating people. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I'm never going to be as sharp as I can be if everybody agrees with me. I used to have the biggest difficulty with Baptist, Nazarene, Methodist, because the denomination I got saved in, we were the only ones going to heaven, and God didn't tell all these other people. So I felt like it was my responsibility to tell them. You know what I'm saying? And in doing so, what I realized was we agreed about almost the most important things we all agreed about. That Jesus was the Son of God. He came to earth, died for the sins of mankind. That if we'll call on his name, we'll be saved. And that one day he'll return and he'll take us all to him. We're arguing about the stupidest things. Do you sprinkle or do you dip? Well, in Oklahoma, I have to say dip died because some of y'all go, we dip. (laughs) And we sprinkle. And we get mad. Instead of being grateful and thankful, we get upset. And so our human nature is, is always wrestling. It's always wrestling. 
Remember this, whatever you sow, you reap. Now, Hebrews, out of the Amplified Bible, says, Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have become testimony to the truth, capital T, let us strip off, listen to this, and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and, listen to this, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. Now, so you see a weight and a sin. The weight is the human nature. The sin comes from the sin nature. So I have to throw away uh, off the weight of the things that come to my human nature, my personality. And some of us have the personality type of, you know, we're abrasive. We're, we're like loud. I was hoping to get an amen from some of y'all like me. Y'all of you like, no, we're not that way at all. You've killed more people in your silence than I have in my words. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen somebody look at you like, oh my gosh, they just killed me. And they didn't even open their mouth. <laughs> we all have different weights. We all have the same sin. God will not take the weight from you. You have to set it aside. Some of y'all, charismatic movement, every time somebody had an issue with their personal life, they just go up, man, they want somebody to lay hands on them, pray for them, fall down, get up, and be changed. <laughs> the only thing that changed, you got a nod on your head. <laughs> for years, I'd watch people, I'm just asking for deliverance. God will not deliver you from you. <laughs> he just won't. What would be left if God delivered? Poof, they're not there anymore. Look, God delivered my wife from my wife. I know some of you are praying for that. Would that work? <laughs> you have to walk that human nature out. You have to make choices every day. I'm going to be grateful for mean people. I'm going to be grateful not that they're mean, but I'm grateful that in their meanness, I'm going to be thankful that God's using that to help me. What's that mean? Because I want to be mean back. I'm going to tell you all something, man. I, I tell you, we don't. I mean, nowadays, you, you can get sued for the, anything. I mean, it's amazing. In fact, in my neighborhood, if you rejected a fight, if you walked away from a fight, your parent would tell you, you're going to go fight them or I'm going to spank you. That was my. And so we settled most of our cases at the corner of 31st and South 59th West Avenue. <laughs> they wasn't no lawsuits because we didn't have any money to sue anybody. So you need, you're going to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? You're either going to fight it out or you're going to forgive. And you're going to be grateful that you had the opportunity to get on the other side of it. I'm grateful. Thank you, God, that person made me a better person. The people in your life that annoy you the most may be the best people in your life. I can't believe I just said that. Because none of us want that. We don't. But guess what? When you get grateful and that no longer bothers you, guess what? It doesn't matter who comes into your life. You're not annoyed anymore because they no longer have authority over your life. I've had people that, that I have no issue with. And I, I've had other people say, I can't believe you get along with them. I can't believe. They just don't bother me. I just look at people and go, you're just people. I've got my issues. You've got yours. I probably annoy as many people as you do. Matter of fact, I'm sure I do because <laughs> I stand up here every week and annoy people. It's a gift. Pastors are the topic of more conversations than politicians. 
Because everybody expects politicians to go to hell. They just don't expect pastors to. <laughs> I'm sure we have a politician. I'm sorry, sir, ma'am. I was just kidding. And God is using me right now. To help you be thankful that I'm rubbing off some of those edges that, that are on your life. And you're going to be a better person having heard what I just said. Okay, so. But the reality is I have to live a thankful life every day because I, I hear stuff, you know, not as, not as much as I used to. But you still hear stuff and you just go, God, thank you. That, and, you know, when I first started preaching again, people say, he should never preach again. And I'm thinking, you know, and then I even had thoughts, maybe I shouldn't. And then God said, really, are you going to let that? You're going to, you know. And I thought, I mean, thankful that person said that because it challenged me. Who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to God or am I going to listen to them? Well, they're not bad people. I could have looked at them as bad people and say, how dare you say anything about me? It's none of your business. I could have done all those things. But the reality is I feel so much better saying, you know what? Everybody has a right to their opinion. And if maybe they're right, maybe I'm wrong. Until I hear from somebody other than God, then I'm going to keep doing it. That is in his authority. I, I, I believe that. And so don't get mad at people who say you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You're not. Just, just be thankful that they're challenging your thought life. And if they can talk you out of it, then maybe you should walk out of it. If somebody could talk me out, out of it, then, then maybe I should leave. Maybe I shouldn't be here. But, but I, I can't be talked out of what Jesus died me into. And so you have, you have the sin nature. You have the human nature. And then you have the God nature. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 4, 24, it says, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So he's saying, put on my nature. And the best way I know to, to demonstrate this is how many of you, have, I'm sure all of you have seen a rose, right? Uh, so a rose, there are several things about a rose that I think are really wonderful. One is they're, they're beautiful. Different colors are beautiful. The fragrance is incredible. But every rose has a thorn. And I think there's a song out there about that too. <laughs> but there are thorns. The thorn on that beautiful rose would represent your sin nature. It's pointed it, it can cut you, you can bleed, it, it, all of those things. But most of the time, we don't think about it because we're so taken by what we see. They're beautiful. The petals would represent our human nature. They're frail. They're going to fall off. They're going to pass away. But while they're thriving, they're absolutely gorgeous. But... Even when leaves fall off of a rose, the fragrance will last longer than any part of the rose. That's the God nature. Paul put it this way, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the fragrance or aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing fragrance or aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. I can't save anybody. I can't heal anybody. But I tell you what I can do. I can be a fragrance of God's nature that introduces them to the healer. That introduces them to the Savior. And that whatever we're going through. I love being around nice people. I love being around polite people. I love being around people who like me. Don't we all? But the reality is there are people that don't like you. There are people who don't like me. And you can spend your whole life 
trying to gain the approval of those who don't like you, or you can spend your whole life celebrating the life that God gave you and the people who love you. The problem is, rather than spending our lives being grateful for the people God has sent our way, we spend most of our lives agonizing over people who don't like us or approve of us. And we spend all of our energy trying to change their opinion of us instead of realizing it's not their opinion of us that matters, it's his opinion of us. And that we should be grateful for everybody because everybody that comes into our life is ordained by God, believe me, in some way, shape, fashion, or otherwise. God will use some of the people you dislike the most to make you the person that you will like better than you've ever liked. Be grateful. And so this month, to help you with this, we've got these post-it notes, 30 of them per pack. You only get one. Some of y'all say, I really want to overdose on being grateful. (laughs) We don't want you to be grateful, but once a day. They're too expensive for you to be thankful 30 times a day. Okay. That's the reality. You can only be thankful once. But I, here's what we want you to do. We have these. They're at the kiosk. There are also some up here. Uh, and I had thoughts about what to do with them and how to distribute them because I don't want them wasted. If you are, some of you may be mad right now. I, I mean, and I'm not going to do this. This is so stupid. It's just another church gimmick. <laughs> you are so dumb. You really don't get it. This is not a gimmick. This is trying to get, if you've done keto or any other diet, this is far less dumb. (sighs) This is an effort for you to put these uh, over your bathroom sink, on your refrigerator. It may be for your family, but most of all is for you to say, what am I thankful for today? Because if I really asked and interviewed each one of you and took the time, I'd say, you know what, you would look at me. If I said, what are you thankful for? And you would pause. And let me tell you why you think, what am I thankful for today? We don't do that. We wake up immediately thinking what I have to do, what time I have to get to work. I got to feed the kids. I got to take, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying this, that because of distractions and busyness and social media, which I will get to after the first year and it ain't going to be pretty. We are so busy that we have forgotten to be still and know that he's God. Psalm 46.10 says, cease striving and know that he's God. Folks, there's nothing wrong with you and nothing wrong with us. And God made us. Here's the reality. It's our response to life or lack of response to life that is causing us to not experience life. You can write thankful for salvation, thankful for patience, thankful for my spouse, thankful for my house, thankful for my kids, thankful for my job, thankful for my raise, thankful that I'm getting a new job, (laughs) thankful. You say, why is this important? And I'm going to close with this. Most people want to access God begging. Most people access God, and this is not a criticism by any stretch, angry, hurt, 
You want to really access God? Can I give you the secret to accessing God and getting God's presence immediately? The Bible says, enter, pray. God, this is what Jesus did at the tomb of Lazarus before he brought him out. God, I thank you that you always hear me. Jesus himself, before he called out to the Father to bring Lazarus forth, said, thank you. Be grateful. Be grateful. Remember, your sin nature, that which is human nature, can be transformed through sanctification and daily saying, I crucify my flesh. And Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we got your will. That addresses our human nature. Our God nature is the nature that once that flesh is crucified, say, I want the best for you. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The God nature begins to cry out. I've heard people say this, and it really bothers me. When they have a family member that's not doing well. Well, I'm hoping they hit bottom. Never pray that somebody hits bottom. Ask that God would give them a parachute to softly land in the place they need. We don't need to wish that on people. God, I am so thankful that you've given me an opportunity to be a part of this person's life. You care so much for them that you've entrusted their life to me. You say, but they're mean. But God's given you a heart of love and that you have the opportunity to speak life into somebody. If somebody's mean, don't, don't treat them like they're mean. Look at them and say, you are so smart. I know that God has gifts in you that you've yet to use, but you're going to. You're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. What you're doing is you're speaking to who they really are, not how they're really behaving. I'm not negating that people behave in ways that are unbecoming, but the reality is they will never change until you point them in the direction of that hope and that change. I speak to who people can become, not who people are. And so if somebody's being dumb and you know they're being dumb and you think you're a hypocrite for not calling out their dumbness, you're not. You're being like Jesus. You're calling out to the person that they were born to be. And you know what? They won't become that oftentimes until they hear words from you. You are going to be something special. You're going to be wonderful. God's got great things for your life. And I just know that you're going to live those out. When you begin talking like Jesus would talk... And being a believer and speaking the Bible over people, their lives will change. Not because of you, but because of the word that you're implanting in them. Let's be people of hope, love, grace, and mercy. That's what this church culture is. And if you want to be, get beat up by your pastor, you're at the wrong church. If you want to hear how bad you are and how you ought to stop doing all the things you care what you're doing, I'm going to speak to who you're becoming, and I'm going to tell you something. You are being refined and being made the beautiful person that Jesus paid for you to become. Well, well you're, ignoring, you're ignoring all their sin. Sin is not my problem. That's God's problem. If I'm ignoring sin, that's only because I'm saying, deal, deal with the sin, Jesus. I'll deal with the will. <laughs> and we'll get through this deal. Okay. Well, let's pray before I get revved up again. God, thank you so much for your grace and mercy. God, thank you uh, for giving us a life, an opportunity to glorify you through that life. I pray for all those struggling today. Lord, may we find gratitude in every crisis, in every situation. May we come to you with thanksgiving. God, thank you that my car broke down 
God, you have a better car for me. I'm so grateful it took that breakdown for me to start believing you for something better. God, thank you for that child who's being obnoxious. I'm getting more and more patient and my faith is growing more and more. God, thank you for the boss that you put in my life. Yeah, they don't treat me right, but God, I know that I can be a light shining into their dark world. I don't know what they're going through, but you do. And so God, thank you for letting me and trusting me with this crisis. I'm going to honor you through this crisis. I'm going to honor you through this problem and this challenge. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it's time for us to give opportunity for those of you that have yet to accept Christ. You say, this is just not doable for me. You're right, it's not. But it's doable for the Christ in you. And once Christ indwells you and you're forgiven of your sin, not that you weren't, you were, but now you've accepted that forgiveness, God will do a work in you. And he who began a good work in you, your sin, your struggle, your problem, your crisis, whatever it might be, you can move beyond it. So I want to ask everyone to pray this. And if you've backslidden, walked away from God, or or you've not accepted Christ, this prayer is going to change everything for you. Again, beginning new, that you'll, old things will pass away, all things become new, and you get to walk out your life by the power of God. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today... I am forgiven. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.